In today's world, digital transformation is changing our reality from what we're used to. On this Coffee Talk edition of Digital Transformation, Survive with the New Normal, Dr. Mukhtala Sisi sat down with Megan Poddy to discuss how digital transformation has served as a catalyst to enable change to our human resources and the future of work. Stay tuned. It is no news that the new normal is here to stay. But how does this change how we work and how do we prepare for this transformation? Welcome to another episode of Digital Transformation, Surviving the New Normal, the Coffee Talk edition. I am Dr. Mukhtar Lassisi, your host. Today, we'll be looking at how an important part of every organization, and I'm talking about the HR department, is adapting to our new, our new normal and I have a very seasoned HR tech professional with me today to help us do justice to this topic. Megan Poddy is our guest today. She is the marketing manager for Kronos Consulting Group and the Canadian payroll services. She has over a decade of experience in leading customer and account management teams in HR tech and digital publishing space. Welcome to my show, Megan. Please introduce yourself to my audience. Thanks so much for having me, Mukhtar. Uh, I'm really happy to be here today. So I am the, as you said, the marketing manager at Kronos Consulting Group and its sister company, Canadian Payroll Services. Uh, I started this role in May, actually for two years before that, I was the operations manager. So um, for most of my career, I've had a foot in both marketing and HR. Um, so working with both, you know, employees and uh, customers as well. Wow. That's great. I'm sure my audience are already thinking, wow, we have a very able hand to do justice to this topic. And I mean, no doubt you'll do justice to it. So when you're ready, I'm ready. We can delve right into the topic. Whenever you are. <laughs> okay. Now let's get on with it. So, and, and the first thing I'm just curious about is how is this period, like this our new reality, how is it changing HR practices? Um, it's obviously having, you know, a tremendous impact on every department uh, in a business. Definitely. But it's been, I think, a lot more complicated than some. Um, there's a combination of planning to get everybody out of the office in situations where your, your state or your province has had a lockdown. Yeah. Um, that in of itself is not easy. You know, you're, you're working with IT to um, try to get everybody out safely, make sure everybody's got their setup, uh, their setup uh, at home for work. Mm -hmm. um, guarantee that every company has done this sort of planning ahead of time in fact i'd say maybe only 50 percent were really maybe ready less <laughs> i was being generous um, <laughs> yeah. any company that's got let's say a flex policy would at least have something to build on that's right but if they've never allowed anyone to work from home those companies really struggled yeah. so the hr practice was kind of upended overnight they had this really chaotic uh, few weeks as they were trying to get everybody out of the office. And now as, as uh, states and provinces are reopening, they now have another chaotic situation <laughs> trying to get people back into the office. I know. <laughs> I know. Go back. Yeah. And wow. So yeah. And, and yeah, this whole thing, it's been HR trying to, to make the people work as safely as possible. And I'm sure they're, we're probably thinking of information security, business continuity, and a whole a lot of things to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. IT and uh, business uh, security is one of the biggest problems that HR is dealing with. But I'd say something that looms even bigger for them, but maybe shouldn't, 
is um, questions around productivity and effectiveness. Yeah, true. true. Often I've been asked, you know, how do uh, I ensure that my team is working, you know, at the top of their game or what kind of tracking programs can you recommend and things like that. And I think these are sort of anxiety driven questions. You know, you're so worried that because of this change, you know, your, your team's productivity will bottom out. Mm -hmm. But and, I think, no, go ahead. And how has that looked so far from your experience? What does that look like? I personally think these, you know, these tracking programs are not particularly useful unless you, <laughs> um, let's say an hourly worker, right? Yeah. If, if you have a very instrumental job, then mm -hmm. tracking your activity minute to minute, that's maybe useful. If yeah. you're project-based, that's not useful, right? Very true, very true. And I couldn't agree more, you're very correct. So um, if, if I may, I can just take, take you to the next question from there which is like how, how has um, technology really affected how HR practices, like the current HR practice, how has technology really played into that? Because you've talked about IT, we've talked about information security, and it looks like technology has got a role to play in this. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the most important thing that technology can do for HR is help them to transition all of their you know, on-paper processes to be mm -hmm. fully digital. And I think the biggest uh, change will probably be in onboarding. So when you start a new job, you're often reading, you know, huge packets of information and there's forms and all kinds of stuff to sign off on. Yeah. Um, and it's not as easy as you might think to transition that uh, to digital. You know, you can't just put up a Google form and call it a Tell day. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. It's too sure. boring, of course, to read a, a giant PDF. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the HR tech that helps make onboarding easy, um, but also is compliant with local laws, I think is the stuff that's going to win and it'll be of most use to HR departments. Hmm. Well, and th that makes a lot of sense. So, and looking at the fact that we can't all do without, without HR, HR is part of every organization, no matter how small. So you're saying we all need to, to look at technology to really help us transition is that is that what, what, what you're saying i think yes and no um you don't want to look at shiny new toys right <laughs> okay get caught up in like this technological solution is going to change everything instead you want to look at adapting your existing processes True. like that your existing processes actually worked That's you know right. were fairly successful then you need to look at a way to transition it not yeah. vent the wheel you know yeah. especially in the middle of a global pandemic it's not time to you know, get really excited about gamification of HR or something. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Like if it's working, if you, if, like if you're an organization where you have remote operations already, there's probably not much to change for you. Is, is that right? And uh, compared to those that have had a lot of on-site workers that need to transition, you may, so it's not, it's not about, oh, everyone is changing, everyone is doing, uh, implementing a particular technology, I have to do the same. You have to look at what you have and see if it's working. If it's not, look at what works for you. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely don't um, get, up, get caught up in following trends. Yeah. Just because other organizations are testing something out doesn't mean that it will be good for you or that it's of any use at all, right? Yeah, and I've seen that a lot. Uh, well, it's, it's uh, this HCM our guys are using, our, our computers are using, we should be using the same. Who says you need it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think like if you're a mature organization, you probably have some KPIs in place for your HR department. Definitely. You know, you have a way to measure their performance and you know what your goals are. Mm -hmm. And 
what your focus should be on keeping that up, not yeah. some crazy new technology at this point. <laughs> Finding the technology that makes sense for your team and yeah. really makes things easier. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So now leaders in organization, HR leaders, and we're all HR leaders one way or another. If you're running a business, you're running a department, you're managing people. So we're all HR leaders in, in, in our own rights, right? So looking at the HR leaders, what should they be looking at as, as employees start to return to work? Because I know we are, we're having people starting to return to the offices and all that. So what should they be looking at? Well, I think there's, there's two return to work scenarios. There's, you know, the furloughed uh, employees that are coming back. And then, of course, there's people going back to the office. Yeah. Um, and uh, in both cases, obviously, sa uh, safety needs to be paramount. Um, sure. Kind of a thorny question for offices, right? You know, you, mm -hmm. you need to have a cleaning uh, plan. You need to perhaps change the entire layout of the office to make it safer. Mm -hmm. You might need to be doing staggered shifts. Mm -hmm. And I think you need to expect that if you're going back into the office, that at least for the you know, first little while, your employees are going to be operating under a tremendous amount of stress. Mm, true. Transition, yeah. Back to the world, and there's that fear of <laughs> contracting the virus, which is a very logical fear. Mm -hmm. But it's obviously going to mean that the first few weeks back are not going to be the most productive. Yeah. And, mm, interesting. And that, I'm, and I'm just thinking that now that you're talking about, and I've been meaning to ask, because I've been, I've, been working from home for like God knows how long now. My last job I had to do like on-site and, and remote. But of course my my business now it's all fully remote. And I'm just I'm just wondering from what you've seen, the in terms of compa comparison, how, how does um working remotely compare to on-site work in terms of productivity? Um, it's interesting. Uh, most employees are about as productive or more. Uh, when working from home. The okay. problem up in terms of things like uh, replacing uh, on-site collaboration. So say you worked in marketing and you had a lot of sessions where you know, you're working at the whiteboard and coming up with ideas. Mm -hmm. That is difficult to replace remotely. But on the other hand, working from home um, is so much better for your quiet, concentrated time. That's right. right. You can't beat it. There's not anybody bursting into your cubicle, uh, there's no distractions, it's just you alone working. So, um, they do find that remote employees tend to work longer hours. They have, mm. more, uh, they have more attentive time for their work. There's less interruptions. Mm -hmm. um, but on the other hand, they have poor work-life balance. Yeah, which is good for, for both parties, right? The, the company has got a lot to, to, to enjoy from it. The employer has got a lot to enjoy from it. So for, for those that are scared, and we still have those people that they're really worried about, and I've, I heard um, a manager tell me, my employees, are do, they're not doing anything from home. I just want them back. <laughs> and this is, this is for you. This is for you. It did happen. What would you say to that kind of uh, manager or CEO? Well, the first thing I would ask is, well, I wouldn't just come out and ask it, but I'd ask a series of leading questions to find out, is it your employees are doing nothing or does it feel that way right <laughs> okay yeah i know the answer to that one yeah i'm sure all as a manager had uh, an experience where the relationship between you and a particular employee isn't so great so mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like they're not 
accomplishing anything. Mm. But if you set out clear goals throughout their week or, you know, the projects they're assigned, mm. sometimes you find that that person you thought was underperforming is doing just fine, mm. but they have a different working style than you. True. Very true. And, you know, I have this common saying, I've said it to a lot of people have consulted for that. The way I work is I believe no one comes out to work in a day and believe, I just want to be lazy today. It's, it's really hard to find, find there are lots of things that can play into that and make people not do what they're supposed to do, but no one really comes to work and say, I just want to be lazy. Am I right about that? I think so. Like you have to think back, like, why is this person on your team? Why did you hire them? Why were yeah. they you know, selected to work with you? Exactly. They obviously had positive qualities that you saw then. Why mm -hmm. do you not believe them to still be there? To me, it's more of a question of trust than productivity. That's like you right. have to have a positive relationship uh, amongst the team and understand that, especially in these circumstances, you need to be flexible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe Monday's not productive, but maybe Tuesday will be super productive. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to let a few things slide. <laughs> and the way to relieve that anxiety as a manager is to set some sort of clear goals and, you know, like milestones. So yeah. that it's easy to measure what's happening. That's and right that trust can be built in that way. Very true, very, very true. Now let's take it back, like, and we've been talking about HR and I know that's your, that's your line, that's your field. So looking like at the organization on a general note, which departments or which industries on a general note can, be, like, can benefit from remote working? Because I'm, I'm, I have a feeling not everyone would, can work remotely. And I've, right now, I'm starting to think of some, some jobs, some industries that they, might, they may not be able to work remotely, no matter how much they, how, how much they try. So well, which, think, yeah, go ahead, please. Job where you're, you know, on a work site, obviously cannot go remote. Yeah. Uh, manufacturing, um, mining, and so forth, like these obviously cannot. Um, yeah. You know, in-person customer service, like you can't have remote uh, sellers you know we can't replace them with a hologram yeah but almost any job that you can do at your desk can be done remotely the question is if your organization can bear that change mm, so okay. are your processes uh able to withstand that change and does your culture allow for it okay sounds that sounds great and i, I couldn't agree more and there's this thing that's been kind of um but dreaming in terms of and i don't know if, if there's a either or a response to this in terms of should organizations look more towards allowing employees work remotely like even going forward let's say post-covid and all that should they be looking more into employees working remotely and what is there to gain and what is there to lose for them so i wouldn't say that every organization should go remote but right. every organization should be able to go remote because okay. It's not just COVID, there you know, will be other challenges in the future where going remote is, is a good solution. You know, for example, natural disasters mm -hmm. um, can often you know, throw a huge wrench in your operations, but if you're ready to work remote, maybe you can keep things going uh, from home. Like it's a really good backup plan to have in your pocket. Yeah. The other thing to keep in mind is that something a lot of organizations have struggled with um, is disability accommodations. Yeah. And uh, you know, offering equal opportunities to, to young workers and uh, remote working as an option at your organization does help with both, right? Mm -hmm. So um, if, it's, if you're struggling to adjust your office, for example, um, to provide all the necessary accommodations, uh, it may be that 
helping them set up their home mm. is much easier, right? Yeah. And there are folks who perhaps they just can't work a full nine to five, but they can be incredibly productive working from home. True. It's a great way to do an accommodation. Mm. And then for young workers, um, this comes to mind for me a lot because I work in Toronto and it's, of course, incredibly expensive to live here. Yeah, sure, I can imagine. Perhaps, you know, that 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid could stay home mm. in Moncton and work from home and still get a chance to work at, you know, some big organization and get their big break. Very true, very true. So these are the, the, the benefits of working from, for, the, for the company, for the organization, and of course for the employees as well. How about, is there anything to lose? I'm not sure if there's anything to lose okay. uh, per se. There can be, uh, and it all depends on how well you, you do the transition. Um, you know, if you haven't planned it well, it can go poorly. For sure, for sure. So planning. Um, and the other thing to consider is perhaps a sense of community. So um, if you're a fully distributed organization, like let's say you're spread all the way across Canada, yeah. it harder to get together for holidays and things like that you know you could do a digital happy hour or a digital christmas party or a digital new year's party it doesn't quite feel the same does it <laughs> um, so that is something that you can lose that's right and, and that was actually going to be my next question which you just answered like how can we make this work fine it we've talked about it's good it's all that but then the social we, we're, we're social, social beings right we need to socialize one way or another we're working Monday to Friday. We're not seeing our colleagues. How do we make it work? Like, how do we still help our, our social life? How do we build that team spirit? Because as I'm a, I'm a project management person, so I, I know the importance of having a co-located team, having your team in a war room and you're all just pounding it together. So how do we still do that in a remote environment? And I know technology plays a role in this, but what advice would you give? I think there's two ways that you can go about it. You can have a fully remote team and, and really, you know, work out great ways to build community regardless, or you can go for a hybrid team where mm -hmm. you're working partially remote and partially in office. And that will automatically make it easier for you to build that sense of community because you're getting that FaceTime. Mm. Um, like for example, you could work in office, you know, two times a week, or perhaps you get together once a month for a big meeting. Um, mm. even if that one-time contact would still feel really significant. That's However, true a fully remote team you're gonna to have to work a lot harder to build that sense of community so um, you know there's the obvious things like you're, you're gonna have a good chat software in place you're gonna do video calls as a manager I think you need to do more check-ins and mm -hmm. it, it feels strange when you're working remote but you need to have casual conversations you know you water cooler kind of thing so you need to just you know ping your team members and see how they're doing yeah true and one, one thing I do with my team is I, I have what I call open, open hour, just one hour. I just leave my meeting open. Anyone can join in and talk to me, do whatever they want. We, we can talk. It can be personal. It can be anything. But that one hour is always open for a quick chat with anybody. Just, like to, just to create that, yeah, just to create that, that team spirit uh, to, make, to let them know that I'm on their side and, and I'm working for them at all times. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. Something we've started doing is um, kind of uh, lunch and learns on Friday. So everybody yeah. gets their food and we all go on video and we talk about what we're eating. And then we have like a kind of more casual exchange of knowledge. And perhaps one department does a presentation. 
um, and it's more of a relaxed learning environment mm. and we take our time and use it to chat and so forth. Yeah. And yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I did lunch and learn. I've, I haven't done it remotely before, but I've done it like in a physical co-located team with my co-located teams. But it's something I'm definitely open to try. If the budget allows, I find it fun to send everybody something, like mm. send them all the same dish or treat or something. Right. Make it feel a little bit more like you're together. <laughs> yeah, like the co-located one. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay, now we've talked about organizations, what the organization should do, what is in it for them. So what advice would you give to employees that like in terms of adaptability, in terms of what they need to do to survive this new normal? How should they react? Because we, we're for the past 20 years there about we're used to a particular way of doing things. And that obviously has changed now. So professionals, employees, people say seeking job, what should they be doing differently? at this time? I think the first thing um, that we should all do, and it was you know, something I need to adjust to myself, is to <laughs> learn to live with a certain measure of uncertainty, right? Mm. Like, we're not going back to the normal, even <laughs> when we go back to the office. Because we're just, you know, there could be another flare of the virus, something else could happen, we might have to go out of the office again. So we need to find some sort of sense of comfort in that uncertainty. You know, we need to be able to roll with it. And that might mean, you know, making sure you've got an amazing home office, make, you know, doing contingency planning, all kinds of stuff. But the first thing you need to do is get comfortable with the fact that the old normal is not coming back for a long, long time. Yeah, true. Very true. I couldn't agree more. So what if, like, let's say I'm, of course, I'm still quite young, but let's say I'm like um, in my 50s and I'm used to a particular way of doing things and I'm not very comfortable with technology. And it looks like technology is the way now and i call it surviving the the world of machines what, <laughs> what advice would you give to someone like that that's still very much in the workforce but is not so comfortable with technology you know ironically i found that our older employees um and a lot the same with many of our clients the older employees have actually done better to adapt in many ways oh wow the, you know technology has been in a, there's been some harrowing moments but as long as there is, you know, at least one dedicated IT professional mm -hmm. or, you know, somebody knowledgeable around them, those hurdles can be overcome. And they're a lot easier to overcome than, you know, somebody who's brand new to their career. And mm -hmm. they're perhaps not as good at self-motivating, working alone, um, not having the constant feedback of a team around them. Yeah. Whereas their professional has a lot of confidence that they've built over the years, that That's they know true. how to do their job. That's right? Mm-hmm. True. Oh, okay, so there's not a lot to fear with the the older people. They'll probably do just fine. So, think, <laughs> you know, I think there will be some, you know, seniors moments, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't do without that. So I guess um, with that, it's like we should deal with individuals and not just sort of um, categorize them and say, okay, the older ones. So individual reactions to change will be a better way to deal with with people, right? Yeah, I think so. It's important to not think in cliches when yeah. it comes to your team and even yourself, you know, like don't expect yourself. You know, <laughs> I'm a millennial, so I, I need to react as a typical millennial. But <laughs> yeah, so there's no such thing as a typical way to react. It's just be, be you and, and then deal with things your way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you need to be fair to yourself uh, and honest about what's working and not. 
you know, like the worst thing that you can do is um, deny when you're having troubles uh, and, you know, like delay dealing with it. You get three months in and it's just still not working for you. Yeah. You know, two weeks in, you could have gone to your manager and been like, oh, I'm having a real time doing the nine to five. What if we did a split shift? You know, maybe I work mm -hmm. in the evening. You know, those accommodations are very possible now in a way that they yeah. were in the past. But one thing, and, and now that you mentioned it, one thing, and I know that time is fast, fast spent, but one thing, I, and that it did happen to me earlier in my career, that I actually requested for a split shift because I wasn't, maybe I wasn't comfortable with the team or I wasn't comfortable with the working hours. But my manager didn't, didn't take it like, like he didn't like it at all. And I said, I felt like I was lazy. So what would you, what advice would you give to someone like me that was in that position or to that manager? that wasn't comfortable helping out, helping an employee like me out in that situation? Um, I think it's harder to give advice to the employee in that case because, you know, it's just a matter of negotiation, right? Like you have yeah. to be able to, to muster the confidence to be like, how about if we try it and I'll show you how well it will work. Um, okay. And what your manager's like, you know, it could be incredibly intimidating to first of all, make that proposal and then push back. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's easier to give advice to the manager in this case. So like we spoke about earlier in the podcast, yeah. um, again, it's like, it's a question of trust, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, is this a good employee? Um, do they complete their projects? Yeah. Um, do you have confidence in them generally? And what about having them work asynchronously would lead you to believe that this would stop mm. or are you worried that there's going to be some sort of, you know, rift in the team? Mm, okay. So I think I'd, I'd want to talk to the manager about getting to the root of, of why it doesn't seem possible to them. Yeah. There could be a legitimate reason for it, right? For sure. If you really do need everybody working at the same time and having really great team spirit. Mm -hmm. In other roles, you know, everyone's working independently. So it shouldn't be as much of a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, it's been it's been really insightful. It's been it just feels like we shouldn't stop this. <laughs> I've I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed my time here today. And I've learned a lot to it, I'm I'm sure what I've learned from here, as far as the technology part in terms of dealing with, with people on a general note, I'll be able to handle my employees better and I'm sure they'll be better for it as well. So if I need to reach you after now, if my people need to reach you after now, like maybe to take this topic further, they have questions or they need your service. How can they reach you? The best way to reach me is always through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, so Megan Purdy, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and you can also find me through um, the company page, uh, CanadianPayrollServices.com. Incredibly easy URL to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, do you want to say something about Canadian Payroll Service? What do they do? Because it sounds like this is a Canadian company that they do something for people, for for professionals. So in case people need their service, what do, what do they do really? For sure. So um, Canadian Payroll Services is an employer record of service. Um, and what we do is we specialize in connecting Canadian professionals with uh, global remote companies. So for example, let's say um, you've been headhunted by this really exciting company out of the UK. Yeah. Um, you have no interest in relocating. So what we do is we create an employment bridge between that UK organization and yourself so that you're treated as a full employee with benefits. Um, you have RSP options and so forth. Um, and you still get that opportunity. Oh, that's interesting. And I'm sure a lot of that revolves around the technology you use, right? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a fully digital business, of course, because of uh, all of the workers are remote. Um, and, you know, our role is really to make that process easy for everyone involved, right? I can imagine. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been really interesting having you here. And that's it, my people. Transformation is happening all around us, and we need to be adaptable to survive in this new normal. And on this note, we have come to the conclusion of another interesting episode of this podcast. Remember to always stay positive so you can do great things. Thank you. That marks the end of another interesting episode of Digital Transformation, Surviving the New Normal. Join us next time as we bring another interesting guest. Remember, always stay positive so you can do great things. Until next time, bye for now.